Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Get it on. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. Today is Wednesday, November 11th, 2020. This is episode 134-134 with my man, CLB. A name you want to remember because this guy is on fire. This Chicago All-Star is really hitting his stride. And it was such a blast sitting down with him and getting his full story. In this interview, guys, we discuss CLB's early inspirations and influences in music. This guy is a lover of all types of genres that he still uses for reference today in his productions. We, of course, talked about his journey as a producer. He's been stacking tracks since 2015 and has continued to evolve over the years. We took a run-through of almost every track in his catalog and talked about where he was at mentally and creatively at various points in his music career. We got really deep on one of his favorite genres that he loves to produce as well, drum and bass. Now drum and bass is one of the most highly recognized electronic genres on a worldwide scale, but in the United States, it still hasn't quite popped yet. CLB wants to be at the forefront of drum and bass in America, and I gotta tell you, he's doing a pretty damn good job so far. He just released a heater, moving forward with Formula, a drum and bass track on Space Yacht's new label. It is doing so well, and it's just so cool to see a track like that doing well in America. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that the future is bright for this guy. He's been supported by names like Diplo, Dylan Francis, and Anna Luno, just to name a few. And I'm telling you, this drum and bass movement in the United States is going to be massive. And he is doing incredible things for the culture here as well. Cannot wait to see what the future holds for CLB. Such a great guy, too. It's the first time I met him in person, and we connected right away. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me and my man. It was truly an honor. But let's let the people hear it from themselves. So let's get into it right now. Without further ado, this is episode 134 with CLB. All right, Mr. Max Foley, a.k.a. CLB, is in the building. Welcome to Sherman's Booth, man. Give me a cheers. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Absolutely, bro. It's a pleasure to have you here. Welcome to the new and improved podcast studio. I'm so impressed. Don't tell people it's my apartment, but do my best that I can (laughs) in the world. It's, It's such a pleasure to have you here, man. Thank you. Um, like I said before we got on air, you've been coming up a lot with a few different people that have uh, been on the podcast, mm-hmm. so just want to start off by acknowledging you, man. You've had a big year, all things considered. Thank you, thank you. I mean, the people don't know, but I feel a heat coming from you, bro. You're on fire. Thank you. I you really that. are, yeah, and I know how tough it is to be a producer, so I just want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. No problem, bro. How have things been? Things are good. I mean, going on like normal, trying to... You know, yeah. You know, try my best out here in this weird <laughs> pandemic. You make the best out of things as much as you can. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just make a lot of music. Just kind of really put my head in the sand and trying to be better. So when this is all over, I can just come out with a blast, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I like that attitude. Yeah. Just like continue doing your thing because it, it, as easy as it is to be a, a no man, right? To say, no, I don't need to do that right now. No, I don't feel like it right now. It's even harder to be a yes man right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. As a creative, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think we all, well, at least personally, I reached a point where I was like that for a few months. And yeah, when I hit this point where I was like, I literally am not doing anything all day. And I know it's really hard to like try and be creative and stuff like that. But I have nothing else to do. And I might as well just slowly kind of chip away at it, you know, work on something for 20 minutes a day or whenever whenever I feel like it. And then you sign, get in like a rhythm and a schedule and then. Yeah, here we are now. So yeah, I like that. That's good. You have to do that. You have to like hold yourself accountable in some way. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been a year of like saying it's okay to take a break, and also at the same time where it's like, well, I'm not doing anything. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Everyone's in a battle against themselves and each other these days. It's tough, right? Yeah, it's like the beer 
my fridge just looking at me at noon. I'm like, I can do it, but I'm not going to do it. Thank you for saying that first. <laughs> I know, yeah. I have uh, I have been drinking more uh, more than I have in the past. Yep. Oh, yeah. But you know what? I've been having some good times with friends. Me too. It's been a different type of year without festivals, without the usual things that we've been doing. I've been doing less, but in that sense, I've been getting more out of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, this year definitely I kind of appreciate the small things like the people that I know now just because that's all I have at this point so yeah once everything like crumbles you know you just gotta be thankful for your like surroundings and yeah stuff, so I think we're all experiencing you don't know what you got till it's gone too yeah, absolutely yeah. you know what I mean mm-hmm. I don't think I'm gonna take anything for granted anymore nope I know yeah. um, I want to also tell you first thing that I've been thinking about your Twitter is so fucking funny dude. <clears throat> Thank you. That's You're like, so funny on Twitter. <laughs> that's just like my my ramblings. It feels like just like a. I don't like sometimes I'll just like go read. I'll like scroll through it. I'm like, what kind of unhinged <laughs> man am I? Like people think I am. Because yeah. like, I'll just be like on the toilet, have an idea, just tweet it. <laughs> and then I guess it's entertainment. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm, I'm glad you noticed. I love it. I think you're so funny on it. And Thank in you. my opinion, from someone that's required or you know has to do social media of course like it is a big aspect to the brand and, and marketing yeah, of course yeah. but it is the last form of social media that i think you get the realness of a person absolutely yeah. you know what i mean because instagram <laughs> you see what people have done sure you see what they're doing mm-hmm. facebook is is not even it's it's emotionless i don't even right. know and then twitter is actually how people feel about things absolutely. and how they're reacting yeah, yeah exactly. so you can get a real gauge yeah 100 you know what i mean yeah my instagram's all dolled up like the press shots and you know editing out zits and stuff like that <laughs> and then twitter you know just god knows whatever unhinged idea i have yeah 3 a.m tweeting it yeah it's great <laughs> good great insight on people yes and yeah. the, the electronic music community is huge on twitter too yeah EDM twitter is a whole thing. It I is don't insane. Don't even want to go into it. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> a whole other episode. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, you you brighten up my day with your tweets. So please don't that. stop tweeting on the shitter. Okay. I have nothing else to do. So okay. I'm not we're all on our phones in the shitter. I don't think anyone that's millennial can go to the bathroom without their phone. No, it's like I'm. I've read the shampoo bottles on the back. <laughs> I've, I've seen it all. No. That's such a weird thing that humans do, isn't it? At least there our is. age. It really is. Can't explain it. Oh well, the social network or the social limb actually explains that. That is another episode. Yeah, that's another episode. Well, we're here to talk about you today, not the problems of society, <laughs> although they are going to come up, I'm sure. Probably. <laughs> I want to know, man, you mentioned to me, you're originally from Chicagoland. What suburb? Uh, Downers Grove. Downers Grove? Mm-hmm. Born and raised? Born and raised, yeah. Family from Chicagoland? Yeah. So, yeah, all my family's from, like, south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. I was uh, raised in the Burbs. Went to a very Catholic-type high school. Yeah. Did not agree with any of that. <laughs> and uh, went to... DePaul for college, so mm-hmm. I mean I've been living in the city for six years now. How was DePaul? I love DePaul. It was great. I um, because I, I mean when you're 18, I had no idea what I wanted to do, and I didn't know if I wanted to go to like some you know fratty state school or whatever. And I yeah. didn't see myself doing that. Yeah. Know, doing keg stands at 11 in the morning, <laughs> which now that I think about it, it sounds like fun. But, <laughs> but it was nice. I kind of like I like DePaul because I got to do. You know, city stuff. I felt more of like an independent person because I was. Yeah. You know, I had to get my take the bus and the train and fight a homeless man on the red line to go get to, get to class and stuff. I know you what know. you mean. Yeah. So I liked the fall a lot. It was um, I didn't really enjoy what I studied, but I got the piece of paper at the end of the day. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, so. man, dude, I'm right. I'm clearly not doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It's honestly, it's just, it's almost a rite of passage, like, to just get that sense of responsibility as a person. Yeah, absolutely. And my cousin, he actually, he was uh, born and raised in New York City, you know, he's riding the train at 10 years old, and uh, what you just said right there, it, it makes you who you are. Kind oh, of dealing with those issues on your own, you know, I, I went to Indiana University, man, like, mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of hiccups in the beginning, you know what I mean? Sure, right. like, being a college freshman, but... I really, I really respect like people that go to city schools because mm-hmm. you're not just going to the school, you're going yeah. to the city. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. You're going to school in the city, like yeah. Whole thing. Yeah. Did music come into your life then? Electronic music, or when when did that uh, get involved? Um, that was when I was in high school. I um, the I think the first, yeah, the first show I ever went to was Spring Awakening 2012. And I was right. Being, yeah, it was sick. That's the, was that the first one? I think it was the second one. It was. It might have been the first one at Soldier Field because I think they had something before that, in like 2011. 2012 was it the? Uh, I think I went to that too. It was Skrillex. Um, I think Deadmau5 was the other headliner. Um, 
That was the first festival you went to? Yeah, that was my first like exposure to. That's a lot to handle. Yeah, it was, it was a lot to handle. There's some <laughs> there's some really funny pictures of me deep dive on my Facebook from that. <laughs> um, That's awesome though. Yeah, it was sick, and uh, you know, it was. It, it sounds corny when I think about it, but I was, yeah. that was it was kind of life changing. I mean, I was like, it's a, okay, I was like a 16, 15 year old kid. Yeah. And I, I, I had listened to electronic music for a few years at that point, but I'd never like experienced it in its like true form. And I used to be this, it's funny, I used to be like the, um, if, uh, you know, there's no guitars in it, it's not real music. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. And, um, you're authentic. Yeah. <laughs> and then I heard like some weird, 16-bit song on the UK at the dubstep channel. I was like, okay, nope. I've been living a lie for years. Nice. So, yeah. love that. Well, did you did you uh, like have any close friends or family that like showed you the music, or do you remember like the first experience when you heard it? Um, you know what's funny? So I used to be really into like video games and like MLG kind of stuff. Nice. And I was really big into uh, Call of Duty at the time. Of course, and we're talking Modern Warfare too. Cod four a little bit earlier. Cod four. Yeah. Okay, we got an OG over here, ladies and gentlemen. I did not have a life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's funny. So I used to watch like competitive, like competitive stuff, and like people yeah. would put montages of them playing Call of Duty. And they always have like some weird dubstep track or drum and bass. That is so there. true. And that's that literally led me to like the rabbit hole. I like figured out what like UKF dubstep was, and then you know from there it was just a rabbit hole. Here we are now. Sitting at this house, you know, it's just like. Isn't that incredible? How to kind of like growing up in our generation, the ways that electronic music can be exposed to us yeah. is not like what it used to be for our parents' generation. Mm -mm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, you know, I didn't have a, a cassette that my dad had of, or anything like that. Or, yeah. You know, it was just stumbling around like the internet. And um, from there, you know. That's the coolest thing about being a producer, though, these days is the ways that you can be synchronized and syndicated. Right, and ways that you can be profitable. Mm -hmm. I mean, <clears throat> think about again, like our parents' generation, you couldn't make it in the music industry unless you were a touring rock band. No, unless you, you were the Rolling Stones, like you were not. You yeah. Know, yeah. And now you can be making a track that gets released on FIFA. Mm -hmm. Now you can be making music that gets released on a Netflix original. Right. There's a whole entire like world of of stuff you can do as a musician. You don't really have to even like leave your house, you know, you can just get syndicated in random yeah, video games or commercials or you know even just like behind the scenes like songwriting for people you can yeah. make a career out of, out of music just from your living room without having to do anything i know it's insane and with no barrier to entry these days like yeah, that's you know some great. of these kids man like yeah. 15 16 i mean you're young too like you got started pretty young yeah, yeah. when did you actually start producing um i was like 18 mm -hmm. yeah 17 or 18 that's funny so i <laughs> talking about like old video games yeah. I, was, I was super into it and I used to make my own and then I was like a senior in high school and <laughs> I realized that like I was not very popular or anything in high school yeah. and I realized that was not going to get me invited to parties <laughs> <laughs> sitting down and playing Call of Duty for years is not you know it's, yeah. it's, my social status is nothing and I was like <laughs> I want to go to these like cool like yeah. you know high school parties the movies talk about <laughs> and I like I already loved the music. I already, um, I never like really DJed or anything. I had an interest in it. And then I was like, oh, this would be kind of cool. Like, I if I go like play music, I can go to these parties and like just see how they you know act. And I get to play music that I want. So yeah. I started. I learned how to DJ. I downloaded like mixer or whatever whatever the hell it was. So you and were DJing first before you produced. I was DJing first. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then I reached a point where I was like, oh. I'm sick of playing everyone else's music. So yeah. literally like three months later, after I started DJing, I was like, I bootlegged FL Studio like every 18-year-old. There you um, go. Yeah, the rest is history. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. So you really, it really came upon yourself. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's how I kind of feel like in the Midwest for people, you know, I'm 28, so, you know, I just turned 25, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, three-year age, age gap isn't that much. We didn't have a lot of people in the Midwest, at least friends. I had one friend that showed me Dead Mouse Brazil when <laughs> yeah. I was a junior in high school. <laughs> Actually, you know what it was? It was a Steve Aoki Warp 1.9. Oh, that's bloody a great beat. song. That's that a great song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Song. First time I put that on, I was like, might have been one of the first times I was drunk. And you get that feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And it's 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 hard when you do grow up in the Midwest. And it only really happened in the EDM. I mean, there was house music and stuff. But I wasn't exposed to it through my friends. Right. And I was exposed to it through a similar way like you. Yeah. So I feel you on that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, yeah. All just internet and kind of getting those rabbit holes. Yeah, of course. So you're in college, kept producing. Mm-hmm. Did you get like local shows? You play some top forty, earn your stripes, or you just like yeah, continue no, to focus, on, focus on music? I've done like the, you know, yeah, top forty birthday party I crowd. Don't, I like, don't see you doing that. Yeah. And like, honestly, it was fun. And at the time, the music I was making, I could like put one track in. You know, <laughs> I go in from like a little Uzi fucking bootleg to one of my tracks, and then yeah, on. that's like the one song I played. Right. Like, so I got a little bit of that. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, again, reached a point where I was like, this is just boring. The, the money is like, okay, but like, I'm just not, it's not worth it. So. Yeah, of course. I just buckled down, started producing more. And I, I, I kind of learned some good habits then where I, um, you know, once I really started focusing on producing, um, I really kind of felt that. Like oh this is like this music fulfillment thing yeah like oh this I get it now sure. like I've done I've done everything I possibly can sure. regarding gigs and stuff and now I understand what I like um, so I really just went for that and here we go I, I love asking people that were DJs first I mean I think most people that we know started as DJs right yeah and then they have a similar story where they're like well I want to play my own music because mm-hmm. especially now I mean it's tougher to be just a DJ DJ than ever. Yeah, absolutely. There was a time, mm-hmm. honestly, and there still is. There, there is still a time, is yeah. a time and place. There but was, yeah. if you want to be unique, if you want to be big, and if you really want to love it, like you got to make sure that you really love DJing or you right. really love producing. Right, right, right. Did you have any like friends that were mentors, or were you just going to YouTube University? YouTube University, baby. It yeah, was awesome. yeah. There we <laughs> Free go. Free admission, no nothing. That's yeah. right. It was great. Yeah. So, and it, it, it's it's kind of funny too, if you like look in my discography, you can tell. I think I, I at least hope you can you can kind of see like the growth of oh, yeah. like how you know just even just like how things are mixed and how things sound because um, yeah. literally it was all I had no idea what I still have no idea what I'm doing but <laughs> I haven't known what I've been doing for like six years I, I have my own system <laughs> I have my own system now and I, I, I kind of get it so um, yeah just all weird YouTube tutorials and just playing around with synthesizers and drums well you're a great example of, of- of how tangible it can be to be a great producer. Thank you. Right? I mean, you haven't mentioned anything about, you know, like, oh, my mom was in music or my dad was this and that, right? Like, you literally like, no, actually, I, I want to be a popular kid. <laughs> 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 I want to DJ parties. And then you did that, and you're yeah. like, all right, well, I actually want to produce, right? Mm-hmm. And then that can that can be a thing. Yeah, no, like, it, it kind of, like, lit this weird creative artistic side of me that I didn't know existed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Love this it. is, like, it's really cool. This is the way, I, this is, like, how I can actually, um, you know, portray myself. And, like, I'm not, like, a, I'm not good at speaking or, you know, really showing my emotions even, really. But I was like, oh, <laughs> I can do this through music. Like, that's yeah. an actual, some, like, this really fruitful, healthy way for me to, you know, get myself out there and explain to people how I am. Just, that sounds so corny, but. No, I love it. You know, just. It is what it is, yeah. Absolutely. Well, where, what was your inspiration like at that point? Because even some of your first releases that I can find at least in 2015 mm-hmm. through now, I mean, you're certainly on, on, on in the left field of electronic music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, who were you into at that point? Um, it was, I mean, even, even now, I've always been into, like, everything. Like, I listen to everything. I still listen to, you know, the like trap bangers hybrid trap that comes out now and uh-huh. I, I listen to everything and I've always been like that but I always had this mentality when I especially when I was going into DJing it's like I want to expose um, genres and styles that I don't think get enough recognition so yeah. my whole entire career has kind of been based around that and I'm, like I'm lucky I've like fallen into like my own kind of groove and my own sound now but it's always been that kind of I want to show off things that people didn't know they wanted to hear, and then once they hear, it, they're like, "Oh, this is crazy!" And, mm-hmm. You know, um, love that. Yeah, so that's kind of that's always been my mindset. I think you know, for the rest of my life, when I like my music career, that's going to be going to be it. You know, I love that. And and kind of what you just said is is this motto that I bring up and that I think about all the time, and it's that nothing is truly original. Yeah. ideas come from other ideas mm-hmm. and that's kind of how you fall into where you're at now right oh, like yeah. all oh, these different sure. influences all these different types of music all these different types of producers all these different experiences you've had live yeah it's they like, all play a part yeah I, I don't even think of myself as like a musician I, I feel like a collage artist because mm-hmm. like all of my ideas they obviously come from me but in 
I have those ideas because you know three years ago subconsciously I really liked this the way this one lead sounded in this <laughs> Dutch house track yeah. and then I'm, and then I you know apply that to like this drum and bass song I'm working on and it's just like I'm taking all these different parts and influences and just kind of mashing them together for this final product so it's yeah that's special man no thank you well you've had quite a sonic journey we're gonna run through it okay oh dude I can't wait <laughs> I guarantee I'm not gonna remember half of these anyway <laughs> dude I gotta tell you you release a lot of fucking music yeah there's some horrible music too but <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were all unique and, and oh, this good. is my favorite part of the podcast man is talking to someone who has been releasing music for five years now I mean the fast, first track that I could find was 2015 your story starts with back it up oh my god God. Yeah, I go deep, bro. I told <laughs> you it's not deep. 60 minutes, but it kind of is. <laughs> it kinda is. <laughs> Back it up, bro, on oh. Derp Supera Records. Oh, my God. We've no. got, like, so many influences, and this we was do. so cool. This was your first track. Cause it was almost a breakbeat house track. Yeah, I, thought, I was, like, really into booty stuff. Yeah. I, can you tell by the <laughs> name of the track? It it's been so long since I've heard booty music. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, and I was, like, that's when I was, I was like, really into breaks and... Yep. Um, like Jersey Club kind of stuff. I always like vocal chops, but I wanted to keep it kind of weird, break beady. And I, I actually, like two weeks ago, I stumbled upon that track. I hadn't heard it in years, and it was, it was quite the nostalgia trip here. That one. I, you know what, man? Like, it's part of your journey. Yeah. And oh yeah. There are so many artists that don't want to show the beginning stages because it's not quality. Yeah. But I fucking love the artists that do. Of course, someone we all know is Jaws, right? This oh, guy yeah. has every single track he's ever released up on his SoundCloud. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, no shame. Yeah, and not at all. Honestly, he's got some of his fucking best bangers. Yeah, from a long time ago. Long, those old tracks are insanely good. Thank yeah, God I, I didn't delete those. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you should. I don't think you should. No. And it was just so cool to hear you start with that track. Yeah, I like it. I <laughs> like you. it. Okay. Thank you. But 2016 couldn't couldn't find much. It clearly was a year of development for you, kind of mm -hmm. figuring out what's going on, producing. Oh, yeah, Is that true? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 2016, and then 2017 comes around. You obviously have been doing your homework and you graduated YouTube University from what I can see. Of course, yeah. Mm -hmm. 2017 was a big year, man. You kick it off with the Hoodie 4 EP. Mm -hmm. Tracks like like this and Turn It Up. Yep. That was a breakbeat, house vibes, really good pace on those tracks. Like Thank you. I liked I liked the speed of them. Thank you. You know, they were exciting. Was that the first release of twenty seventeen that you can remember? Um I'm sure Early there are others. That was like those are like the big ones. Um, yeah. that I I remember I sat down that whole summer. I, it took me so long to write those. And I like released them on my birthday and had like a little, you know, twenty people party in my crummy basement um, <laughs> to <laughs> to celebrate the release of that. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was a great, it was a great time, great time. Those those tracks actually do mean a lot to me, even though like they do not sound very well polished or anything like that. But well, it's it's funny. Like the longer you produce, and I, I mean, like I said, this is the hundred thirty fourth episode, so I've interviewed a lot of guys. Where yeah, you know, I, I can hear their mixing get better. Yeah, you know what I mean. As like. And I, I'll, we're gonna. I want to ask you, of course, about your your, your production process. But mm -hmm. I could tell already, of course, just from twenty fifteen and hearing tracks like Yellow with uh, Smoky Illusion. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, or Ilson, how do you say? Smoky Ilson, yeah. Smoky Ilson, yeah. And that's like your most popular track on Spotify too, isn't it? Yeah, that one. Blew what? Up. I yeah. Know. What happened? I have no idea. It's dope. I remember I, <laughs> the <laughs> so that like that song I had a final um, at the ball. Uh, the, like the next day and I did not study at all and I got the stems <laughs> from them and I was like I'm not studying for this yeah, shit yeah <laughs> that's mean, awesome and um, I'm pretty sure I got like a C plus on the, the final which is good um, but yeah that one just out of left field just blew out I, like, I think like David Kidd played it I was I remember, really I was like what the hell is happening this <laughs> <laughs> is like some weird simulation you had that a fucking I, final the next day yeah and I was like what the hell is going like I just genuinely I was super happy. I was genuinely confused, though. I was well, just, mm. 2017 was a special time in electronic music, specifically for SoundCloud, right? So I, I dug through your SoundCloud today. Mm -hmm. um, you also had Pump This with Round 2. And that, that one I did start to hear, the mix down was, was very clean. Yeah. That was getting much better. Fun track. But you had uh, 90s Baby. 90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's a red light bootleg, yeah. Dude, sick. Thank you. I, I enjoyed that. That was a mysteriously dope track. Thank like you. Yeah. you know, not a ton of notoriety in your SoundCloud, but yeah. I bet that's kind of where like people like David Guetta found Yellow and stuff because yeah, probably. I mean, that was a golden age for SoundCloud. Yeah, it absolutely was, and I I like that track. I was really into the just yeah the big boomy 808s, but yes, and like the reason I 
you know, like so I have a bunch of break stuff like I love I, I find I realize like I love this house tempo but I want that like you know chest hitting bass and I like that 90s baby track because that's literally all it is hi-hat it's cool man and vocal and 808 you know takes me back but uh one of my actual my, my one of my favorite tracks of yours is underground which actually premiered on hyper house as you know with the yeah, yeah. for mm-hmm. those that don't know she had a, a wildly successful and she's one of the most famous djs in the world oh, yeah. um show on uh, apple and dude the breakbeat drop on that that was like i i think i actually heard her play that one time Really? I literally, I honestly do, because when I, I hadn't heard it in a while, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh shit, this sounds like Anna Lena," <laughs> right? So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, I feel like probably it's it's really special when big DJs play your music, of course, right? Right. right. But I think it's so cool that she played it. A hundred and ten percent. She's very unique, like what you right. said earlier. Right, and she like her playing. She gave me a lot of love on Hyper House, like to the point where like she was asking for tracks every week. Like, wow. I can't keep up with you. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I, you know, having her kind of validate my whole music career made me, you know, really want to dive in and not go, like, the EDM-y kind of path, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I really respected her just as a tastemaker. And I was yes. like, okay, if she's playing my stuff, like, maybe I'm doing something right. I should just, you know, keep on that path and, and stuff. So I love that. A little bit of acknowledgement goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. And you still had some other dope tracks, man. And I got to tell you, I didn't even realize this, but I have had Don't Walk Away and Touch It <laughs> for years, bro. And I've been dropping those tracks really? for oh, years. I dropped, uh, I'm pretty sure, Touch It mm-hmm. for my Spring Awakening Rise and Shine guest mix. No way, really? That actually got me runner-up, tied with Flynn. Oh, that's so Yeah, good. dude. And I, like, I was like, I was looking through that, and I saw Don't Walk Away, I was like, Holy fuck, I have this song. <laughs> I have this is CLB, so it was just yeah, so right. funny. Like, yeah. you know, respect for being in the game, bro. You're crushing it. And Wookie dropped that on his Diplo and Friends mix. That's yeah. really cool. That was crazy. That was I remember I that was another one of those things where I, I was like driving and I like had to pull over. It's like, oh my god, yeah. Wookie's playing my shit on the radio. <laughs> like, Dude, that's crazy. huge. Yeah, that was that's awesome, cool. man. So twenty seventeen was a huge year for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Twenty eighteen you're really only just getting started though. Batman comes out, very special sound. Mm-hmm. You get some night bass vibes going on. Twenty eighteen, yeah. you kind of, you still, you were on your CLB direction. Yeah. But you took a right, took a left, got off the exit, got a burger, got back on, maybe got in the other lane. Literally, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you nailed it. Yeah, literally, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, twenty eighteen was like where I was kind of getting like the technical stuff down, like the sound design was kind of coming together and everything yeah, for like sure. that. And I was like, oh, I can make these cool sounds, and I was super into night bases everyone was yeah of course um i was like yeah screw it i'll just make some house and um people really enjoyed it and uh i like that even to this day like some of the tracks of 2018 i still play out because i enjoy them and hopefully they still stand up but yeah 2018 was a definitely like the the house baseline year yeah yeah Yeah, for sure it was it was really cool like even compared to 2017 right like you're a producer who isn't afraid to release something that might not be on brand yeah you know what i mean yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of guys that we know are even big, like, they make a lot of different tracks. I mean, fuck, mm-hmm. some of them literally have to make different aliases. Yeah. Right. You look at someone like Claude Von Schroke. Yeah. He's Barclay Crenshaw, his mm-hmm. alias brand. He claims that is, that is actually the music that he wants to produce, right? Right. And he's still a great house DJ and house producer and obviously loves that. But he's gotten stuck in the Claude Von Schroke brand. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's what I, like, don't... Like, no artist wants to get pigeonholed. So... Yeah. That's why I kind of... That's why some of the reasons I don't delete any of the stuff off my SoundCloud. I'm like, I'm just gonna put this here, and like, yep. if people if people enjoy it, that's what really all that matters. You know, I'm just kind of doing my own thing, and like, I'm very great. I'm very grateful for everyone that listens to me. But at the end yeah. of the day, like, it's my personal artistic project. So yep. I kind of just gonna do whatever the hell I want, oh, man, <laughs> and you know, whatever. I love that man. Thank you. You kept it going with Loy Loy Notch Remix, dude. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking bang. Thank you. <laughs> that, that one, that's a that's what that's yeah, actually. I think that was the track where I go, God damn! And my girlfriend goes, Who are you interviewing tonight? <laughs> so I, had, I had not heard that one. I had not heard that one. You had a, a dope remix for Code's Bump, released on Psycho Disco. Mm-hmm. Um, it also brought Come Through, a very unique wobble bass. I start to hear you get your UK uh, bass and a yep. little bit of drum yep. and bass coming in there with that UK vocal. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. why I said earlier, I was like, You could live in London, man. Cause I, I absolutely could. I'd love to. I love that. <laughs> Um, so at this point, are you you seeing a ton of support and success? 
were you kind of figuring like yeah like this is happening you know Anna Luno like Lucky yeah. like all right. this shit like it, it's coming together right 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 it was coming together that was like you know I mean for I'd been doing it for you know four or five years at that point right um, whatever and um, that I was just like looking at my track record I was like okay like I clearly am onto something yeah so I'm just gonna I just kind of said this a million times already just put my head in the sand and do more and uh, that's yep. what kind of like this year it's been about too yeah so I love that man well 2019 was another big year too uh, you had an awesome collab EP with Andy P titled Need a Rhythm on House Line wow my boy yeah I love Andy he's uh, he's one of my favorite house cats to work with because like I we both kind of we love the same kind of styles and house and stuff like that so working with him is super easy it'll you know if he has a idea he's stuck on and send it to me I'm like oh immediately I know how to finish it yeah the track's done in a day Dude, and it was so cool because I, it was almost like it was almost like a mashup. Like that track to me was like a perfectly in key mashup of your style and his style. Yeah, check out his music too. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, damn, like sometimes collabs, maybe it leans a little one right. way or the other. Right, right, right. But I gotta tell you, I don't know if I've heard a collab EP like that where you guys were so in tune. Yeah, no, I, we could start it on duo, you know. It's, it's just very. Oh, good. that's special. I'd love to. Yeah. Have you guys released more music together other than that? Um, I don't think so. We definitely have like a million half done songs and stuff like that. We should probably finish up. But Man, I could you said you're for your fans, bro. I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> I could really use another EP. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> no, let Andy know for me, okay? Um, so that was really awesome. And then Sonar EP. Then we started to get a taste of your drum and bass. Yeah. Like definitely. you really start coming into your own. Incredibly well mixed. Thank you. I don't know who did the master on that, but it's really dope. Thank you. Very unique track. Are you starting to think this might be my sound? Obviously, you said you're not pigeonholing yourself, but are you becoming like, okay, I'm passionate about the style? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the realization I had with those tracks, I've been making drum and bass for a while at that point. Yeah. Um, but it just never, it's never good enough to put out. And mm -hmm. I was, like, the, the house stuff for me, I s still loved, but I kind of ran out of my ideas and I was, I was kind of pigeon, pigeonholing myself. I was like, you know, just, it became very forced to write house for me. And yeah. when I started really going into the drum and bass stuff, like that's where I realized like there are so many, there's so many different things I have to learn about this genre where it, it was like just opened a whole entire world. All you were challenged. I was extremely challenged. And if you like, even if you listen to like the Sonar EP, like compared to like the stuff I'm doing now, yeah, it's like you could tell that I've been trying to get better at it. Mm -hmm. um, and you know it, it's exciting too because I'm at this point with the drum and bass stuff where I could see myself doing it for like five more years like yes. I'm not there's just so many different things you can do with it whereas with house stuff you know you're kind of you're stuck to the 4-4 four, four yeah. and the clap and the hats and there's yeah. only so much you could do in between that and so yeah. once I was like oh okay like this bass music essentially kind of thing you could do whatever you could slow it down speed it up have your drums wherever you want and I was like that's the coolest shit I've ever heard of <laughs> dude so you got room to play with a lot of yeah absolutely some of your some of your drum and bass tracks too like I can tell I don't want to assume your style but I can tell you kind of start with the percussion and then yeah. you just leave room for this bass that you create yeah oh it's all yeah it's all about building up the anticipation and then yeah once the drums are rolling and you have the most simple bass line it'll just like hit you in the chest and knock you out I love that man that's awesome but you weren't done yet I gotta tell you not me is oh, awesome. whew, woo thank you thank god you. damn <laughs> i think I, I, true's a big fan of that one he played that at um uh the nightbait show a few uh, god it wasn't a few months ago it was last year but <laughs> oh when ac slater came in yeah. and he played yeah yeah damn yeah. i might have heard that then because i got yeah. there for his set oh so <laughs> so funny that was the first time i heard it on like a system i was like the I was like the, the mom from Mean Girls with my camera. I was like, oh my god, this is my song! <laughs> Isn't that so cool, though? Yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah. Shout out to you, man. Shout out to you. That's awesome, bro. So, 2019, big year. You know, 2015 to 2019. I mean, you could have ended a career there, bro. So much success. 2020, you've clearly, like you said, been sticking your hand, your head in the sand. And I really like that saying, too, because that's what you're doing, bro. You're hustling and, like, you're working hard. And it's just you challenging yourself. And it's really cool, actually, that you said that style of music German bass challenged you as producer because I, I gotta tell you man you could have had success with any of these other genres I mean you were doing great I mean obviously the ass music 
would have been a short, <laughs> short-lived career. But, but I mean, you know, Night Base is still a wildly popular style these days. There's even mm-hmm. been sub-labels created off or sub-subsidiaries of right. Night Base. Right. What is it about drum and bass? Like, if you go a little bit deeper before we talk about this year, because that's kind of where you're at right now with productions. What is it about it that you love so much? I think um, there's a there's a lot of things. What's interesting, so like I I used to be like super into dub stuff, and just, you know I love just loud, ignorant bass noises in my face. Mm-hmm. And as I'm getting older, like after I've, I still love you know just bass heavy, gross music. Yeah. Like I <laughs> I, I I will make fun of rhythm all day, but I do enjoy rhythm. Like, <laughs> I've been to a few rhythm shows that have been an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. And the thing, and that's what like. With, with the drum and bass, as I've gotten older, I kind of, I don't really have, that sounds dumb, I don't really have the energy to go, like, headbang anywhere or anything like that. And the thing with the drum and bass, literally, it's, I get that, like, really gross sound design, but I'm just, you know, I'm just bobbing my head. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting old. My knees hurt. I'm 25. Yeah. I got lower back pain. Can't do the four-day festivals anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the neck breaker four-day festivals, no, right? No, I could not. Like, I would leave in a fucking stretcher <laughs> if I went to Lost Lands. Like, I would die. Um, yeah. And so that, that was one big thing. I think just... I think people like my age are starting to recognize it. Because, you know, you love that really heavy bass stuff, but you just can't keep doing rhythm kind of stuff for a while. Maybe that's just me, but... Um, oh, I agree. Oh, I and agree. then... I don't know. It... it simple but it's something super fresh that not a lot of people are doing out here and I, I kind of had this epiphany where if I really you know kind of did drum and bass for a while like I could this sounds you know high for like projection kind of thing yeah like I could I could be like that one drum American drum and bass artist that like has that breakthrough kind of thing yes you could and like I I really want that to happen and it's shooting for the stars, but you know, I, I think I have a good enough. I just hope I have a good enough idea of how to kind of. I want I want American people to, like, ease into it. If, if you know, if you play drum and bass to a bunch of people now, they're gonna get like confused. So I kind of want to like, <laughs> you know, you gotta. <laughs> you have to kind of find a balancing act between you know. Yeah. Bringing new you know, new old bass heads in or whatever, and then, mm-hmm. you know, still replicating and being truthful to the actual drum and bass sound. So it's going to be a very interesting path, and I have no idea how the hell I'm going to do it, but, like, I just know I want to do it, so we'll see. Max, that is your path. Like, that's the thing. It is the path. Yeah. I love that. And you said a few different things there that rung a bell for me. One, yes, our generation loves this music, but some of us are getting tired of going and headbanging in this harder shit. Right. I think that's why House has been able to make a, a really big, oh, swift move yeah. over yeah. this, particularly Big Room. That's why Big Room went down the drain. Right. Right. right, right. And that's why also like Tropical can only do so well at festivals. Right. right. Because we do want to move, but not too much. Right, exactly. So we can't do this headbanging shit, right. but we do want to go to shows. Right. Right? Yeah. And drum and bass, I love drum and bass. So I feel you on this. You do need like to that. ease people in. Yeah, absolutely. You do. Yeah, like, no, it cannot come Tom out. Tom population is not ready for that shit. Right. Like, I, I think, you know, if I, you know, if I had one goal for next year, it would be, like, I want to be, like, closing a tour as drum and bass. Like, there's not, like, I don't want to cool. be. You know, yeah. I want to be on, like, I don't know, like a Never Say Die tour or something like that. Yeah. And then, you know, after all the crazy shit goes down people just want to groove out I'll just close it out you know after company or somebody plays yes and then you know that's how you know you kind of plant the seed and then in a few years you know things will start to hopefully people will start to kind of open up to it but and like I don't know I've always had an appreciation for just like underground music as we've talked about and like it that excites me yeah like there's so much bubbling underground and drum and bass right now there is and I, I, I can stay up all night just thinking about it. Like, it makes me so excited. Um, so many good producers that are kind of getting in their their ways and you know, really perfecting their craft, which in a few years, like, I genuinely think that it's going to become a thing. I love that, man. There are going to be house and drum bass festivals for sure. Yeah, they do go hand, hand in hand. I'm like, you want to go to Dirty Bird, you know, if someone's, Jay War is going to close out with a... Dude, Yeah, that's the thing, mm-hmm. is... Like we kind of brought up, there are a lot of house DJs 
and even you know it's even on a bigger scale you got people like David Guetta and Alesso mm -hmm. that now are playing house and tech house yeah. on the main stage at Ultra because yeah, right. they can't do that shit anymore either bro <laughs> know. you know what I mean like God. those guys want to play drum and bass too I have to listen to Titanium one more time I know <laughs> <laughs> but it's true because on the inside like to me just talking to you right now like on you on the inside like are passionate about this music yeah. and it's it's developed and now you know that like you know whether you have success or not on a large or small scale you are passionate about this and you're yeah. finding true fans that are going to follow you yeah no it's crazy i do have i legitimately have like a little group of fans that have followed me since 2015 it's amazing and it's i've gotten to know them like hit them up on instagram all the time with them my shows they're just like they're not even my fans they're just friends that you know i love that man i'm on the music journey with so incredible well here we are in 2020 mm -hmm. at this point you're a very well-known name in electronic music i don't care if you think you're not you are <laughs> the trend continues with some awesome releases man can't fly with patrick oh uh, no boy remix right yep that's really fun drum and bass song there and it's an upbeat vibe which yeah. i think is what you talked about you can do multiple things with drum and bass yeah absolutely so like that one for example i remember i heard so it was a remix of his song that i actually did with him so it's like he did kind of like a vip thing on it right and i heard the the original i was like this is sick i want to make some you know drinking a pina colada got like a bad bitch next to me on the beach <laughs> that kind of vibe yeah and, you know it, it would came together really quickly and i think um we kind of nailed that that vibe yeah and then you know you listen to another thing i made it's like the most tarot gross thing you yeah know? but i made it you know it's still the same genre but you could do so many different things with it. i love it dude very cool track um you had a very very special song with doc z split mm -hmm. which has done very well for you overall um really really cool sound design in that one man thank you like it's clear at this point with spliff like that you yeah. have really explored a lot of different styles right of producing mm -hmm. where where was the inspiration for that one like because that was that was even like that was deep left field yeah no that was just that's probably one of the weirdest tracks i've ever put out um to be <laughs> well honest, said. I, don't, like, I don't think i can play it <laughs> like, yeah, at some you know at a bar or anything like that but um that one was so there's this guy named doxy who's um yeah. somewhere in the uk and uh, I've just been a fan of his music, um, and it just started in Instagram uh, DMs, you know. Hey, yeah. like, I love your stuff. I've been playing it out on, like, guest mixes and stuff like that. Let's just try making a track. And uh, he sent me the, just the drums were all him, and it was crazy. Mm -hmm. So I just added the basses, a vocal, and, um, again, it came together very quickly. And uh, I love it. Yeah, Punks was interested in it. We put it out. And, uh, very, very, very sick. Thank you, thank you. Um, it was a vibe, man. And then, of course, Sirens comes out on Sign Clash. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that track, man, because that, that was the first track for Imprint. You mentioned before we went on air, you just had all these tracks stacked up. It's been a weird year. How long did you have that track ready until you were like, I'm just going to make a label and release it on there? That one, um, I think that one was actually relatively new. I think I finished it in, like, April. Mm -hmm. um, and it came out with three months later which is actually pretty good for a record label when you're the boss you can make it yeah, I can do that quick. Yeah. Want, right? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that one i like i i there's a soft spot for for me in that um that track that one um came together really quickly that's that's kind of where i got the the lane for the drums i want to write mm -hmm. so if you listen to like a lot of the tracks um you, you can tell once i start putting more stuff out a lot of my drum references come from that track essentially mm -hmm. so that one i don't know i love that one it kind of that's that was the one where i was like okay drum and bass shit is like i, I kind of have my own niche in that now yeah like, like you know there you go yeah so that's incredible yeah i mean the more you talk about the genre the more i'm like maybe i should give this shit a shot <laughs> i'll yeah. send you a playlist trust yeah me, you? <laughs> okay good bro good that's really cool though so sign clash mm -hmm. what's the name behind that what's what's the story um so, I was trying to think of, like, it sounds corny, but I was trying to think of something kind of marketable. But, like, so, I mean, I'm a sucker for uh, just, like, UK culture in general. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, like, sound clashes, but that's yeah. thing. You know, you got, one squad's got a bunch of speakers, the other squad's got another set of speakers, you're just fighting over space, and you're just sound clashing and trying to play louder than the other. Um, Ridiculous, so that, And that's just, like this awesome cool concept that i had for uh just that was just part of history in electronic music and then i was like i'm trying to think of what can i put with clash 
and uh, I was like producing and I saw a little sign made. I was like, oh, there you go. That's it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have big plans for the label? Or are you just kind of taking it day by day? Um, so right now it's going to be just kind of an imprint for myself to put tracks out. Um, sure. It's my own. Um, and then once, I was thinking like around January or February, that's where we're going to start putting out um, other people's music. So uh, actually just, I got a demo like two days ago. That was insane. That um, I think is going to be the first signing. Um, That's awesome, dude. Yeah, so I'm in, I'm interested to see where it goes. Like, it's gonna take a while to kind of get its own sound and stuff, um, but I'm excited. Just another cool lane for me to kind of delve into and pro uh, procure. I guess is the word. Dude, it's yeah. it's. I I when I was writing this, I wrote some notes. It's really dark, deep, and dope. Yeah. So I think that's probably <laughs> the vibe, right? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely the vibe. I'll let you have that. Yeah, absolutely. I give you a checklist. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. Deep. Yeah. yeah. Dope. Yeah. Signed it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. It's so cool. Um, of course, another dope one as well. Run and hide on Vibe Recordings, which premiered on Noisier Radio. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That was another one. That's of really fucking cool, like, dude. Oh my god, it's happening. It's I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's fuck, good. dude. Yeah, he's from UK, right? Uh, I think I'm from the Netherlands. Yeah, the Netherlands. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, the first, some of the first drum bass tracks I ever listened to was Noisier. Yeah, in 2009 when they're still killing it, but. Yeah, that was that was that was one of those like full circle moments too. I was like, oh, this is this is cool. Really cool. Yeah. I know how big I know how big they are, man. So mm-hmm. I, I acknowledge you for that, bro. Um, and then fade away when I look at you. Mm-hmm. Those drops, man, are like come out of nowhere. Yeah, Th- those are not the ones that you should probably show people like once if they're just getting into drum and bass. You kind of like ease them up, but I see. But from someone who likes that shit, yeah. like I was really taken back. Really? I okay. really, really like that. I'm glad that. you say that then, yeah, good. Well, it was cool because, like, it was really different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it wasn't so formulaic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that those, those two especially were just kind of, like, ideas that I had, wrote it in a day, and when you listen back, yeah, it was, oh. You wrote those in a day? So they just, one of those tracks that just yeah. snapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah that happens, absolutely. it happens. Yeah. Those are the best tracks, too, you know. Oh, God, I know. I mean, you can't ever go into a studio and be like, I'm going to make a track in two hours right now, right? Mm-hmm. Never happens. No. Wishful thinking. <laughs> Wishful thinking, man. But here we are now, and you just had what I would say is, is one of your best masterpieces. First track on Space Yacht's label. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know Space Yacht, one of the most incredible party brands, and now just launched a label based out of Southern California. Shout out to London Bridge, shout out to Hidden Hen. Absolutely. Here we are now, bro. Moving forward with Formula. Yes, sir. Let's talk about this track. Yeah, that one. Um, so Formula is... He very small it's not small but um very underground producer and uh in the uk and i'd stumble across his music and uh i was just taken aback because he just had crazy ideas was not getting any like <laughs> recognition for it like shit yeah. man i like those are the people that i love yeah um and so we just like it was just very organic you know i just hit him up on facebook and uh i mean we we've been talking for like over a year now um, at this point, we've made a million tracks together. This is the first one that ever came, uh, actually came out. It's um, awesome. And yeah, you know, it, it, that one was interesting because he is m- not as like vocally or as like liquidy as I can get sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he had this idea. He's like, "This is the first time I ever sang on anything. I have this idea. I it's not really clicking. Can you just like take a look at it?" I was like, "Cool." He sent me the vocal, he sent me parts of the melody, and like the, the first part of the drop is um, all him, which is the sound design is just nuts on that. Yeah. Um, and he, he was like, hey, like, can you just take a look, help me finish it, and within like a day, I finished it, and then I sent it to Tune Reactor, and I had finished it th- literally three hours before. I think if you watch the clip <laughs> uh, on Tune Reactor, it's like it's uploaded three hours ago. Wow. First, first draft, and here we are now. It was, yeah, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and like the the love that people are, you know, I, I've never experienced the amount of just like support and just random people reaching out saying how much they love it, or like like I've had some really sweet people talk to me about like the message about it, and like yeah. that's super meaningful. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm obviously super happy with the track, super happy with where it is because Space Yacht, as we were talking about earlier, yeah. earlier is like the dopest, you know. L- I guess label now, but just community in general. So yeah, they and and like I said too, like they take chances. They don't really care about like 
ticket sales or plays mm-hmm. and stuff, right? Like they believe in things that they love, and I think that's yeah. the coolest thing about them. Yeah, that's the part about the community. Like, I mean, I, the whole entire branding of shows is a bunch of question marks on a so label. So true. They're like, show we're all sound. guessing. We have pizza. There's <laughs> gonna be dope music. Trust us on that one. And people just came in droves, and yeah. you know, it started like five years ago, and now they're a label, and I'm super excited to see where they go because it really does feel like a breath. Uh, breath of fresh air just for the underground community and like just you know small producers it's so hard to get yourself out there mm-hmm. when the music industry seems like you have to follow this certain path right. you have to produce music that's good enough to get it released on labels and get supported by big DJs and then you have to work your way up in the industry and mm-hmm. do this and listen to labels and play these festivals and do these shows and make these posts and create this content. Right. Space Yacht says, yeah, I really don't give a fuck about any of that. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <Not> that. <laughs> this is dope. We like and, it. And it, dude, I mean, listen to the story you've been telling here, right? Like with the journey of your music. I think yeah. you like it said, it, it's just perfect timing. Yeah. Absolutely. With them where they're at, with you where you're at, with where music is at right now, with where the world's at. Right. It's a dope track. And I yeah. think that actually is, is, it's, of course, they believe in your track because it's good. It's good music, mm-hmm. but I think it's really cool that again they were willing to take a chance on a drum and bass track. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had a call with Henry, and I was like, I don't know, like, are you sure you guys like this? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like Jesus, like that. That's very bold of you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and um, he's like, yeah, I mean, just them being them, like, yeah, it's dope. We like it. I think it'll do well. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> you know, <laughs> talking about it, sharing the booth, man. I love it. One question I love asking, especially someone who's released so much music, out of all your releases, regardless of plays, regardless of notoriety, regardless of support, are there any that mean the most to you? That's a good question. There's definitely, there's a bunch of unreleased ones that um, I obviously haven't put out that definitely mean a lot. Yeah. Out of all the ones that I've put out, that come through track with a really wobbly bass line that Disney has the vocal. Yeah. I still get really excited when I hear yes. that. Yes! Oh, I love that track so much. And that that one, for me, was... That, that was, like, the the tune of, like, the house UK bass style that I was trying forever to nail. I was like, oh, I can do this. Like, that's sick. <laughs> and uh, I still love playing it, and people still ask me about it, like, to this day. Actually, um, I started a VIP of it, like, two weeks ago. Oh, was shit! So I'm excited that that one's going to go. Okay, good. Yeah. Love that, man. Well, of course, we mentioned, like, with big releases come big DJ support. I mean, we mentioned Anna Luno, but, dude, you've been supported by Diplo, Dylan Francis, GTA, Bauer. You've been on radio stations like Hyper House, BBC Radio 1, and Rinse FM. I mean, like I said, a little bit of acknowledgement goes a long way, but those are some fucking purple hearts right there. I know, dude. It's, it's crazy, yeah. How does it, that feel? It feels really good, you know? It, it, it really does help, you know, inspire me, obviously. And it, yeah. It really cool. It's really cool because I look up to all those producers and right. stuff like that because I listen to pretty much everything, and you know it's just you know it just kind of makes me a little giddy. I'm like, oh, I made that in my bedroom. That's kind of <laughs> cool, you know. And now it's sitting on like Diplo's hard drive. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's it's cool. I try not to think about it too much. Uh, a because I don't want my ego to go crazy, and B like <laughs> I don't know. It's it it's just like very. It just warms my heart. You know, there's someone that I really love that supports your music, and it's Flava D. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, she's fantastic. I think I, that's really cool. I keep, I've been such a fan of hers for so long, um, and then yeah, she's like said my name on the radio. Oh, like, I heard it today. Ago, and I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that was so cool, man. Yeah, it was so sick. Props to you on that, like on oh, all that, you. man. I, I know, I know how hard this industry can be, and. Just, you know, seeing like someone like you who's worked really hard and has done this for all the right reasons, be supported by people like that. Yeah. Props. Thank you. I appreciate Major that. props, bro. So there are a lot of people that watch the show that are up and coming producers, mm-hmm. experienced producers, all that type of stuff. We've been talking about drum and bass tonight. We don't have to get so granular granular on exactly your style, mm-hmm. and this hasn't happened overnight for you. What would be some tips or ways that you'd recommend to people to get to where you're at? How did you improve what was your workflow what was your commitment level that sort of stuff um are you are you talking like in general specifically drum and bass or just kind of like you know yeah what were some what were some forks in the road that you remember where you were like 
you know, at the beginning you mentioned, I went to YouTube University. Right. And then I started working a little bit harder on this music. Found inspiration here, but took a right turn instead. I think the thing, the biggest thing I can say is as soon as it starts to feel forced, mm -hmm. switch it up. Do something totally different. Yep. And that's going to unlock different, you know, techniques, different styles, things that you didn't even, um, you know, thought you could come up with just because you didn't, you know, pigeon your own pigeonhole yourself in a studio session saying you're going to make it a house track, you know? Yeah. Um, I think another big thing is too, especially as you're building your own kind of like sound, um, what I started doing a few years ago was not spending a lot of time on tracks. So for example, mm -hmm. if I'm stuck on a track and working on it for a week, yeah. I'm going to identify what the good parts are, what the bad parts are. I'm going to bounce the good parts, put them in a folder. Okay. And then start a whole new track. Not with those parts or anything. I just start another idea. Yeah. And so what I do is I have this massive, pretty much sample library of, oh, the drums from this one idea six months ago sucked. I mean, they're good, but like they didn't work on the track. Yeah. And now I have this track where, oh, like, the lead is awesome, the vocal is awesome, the melody is sick, but the drums suck. So I have <laughs> I have a stem of drums I could just drag in. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of helps... You're you're just essentially sampling yourself, um, so you can, you kind of you build your own sound library that is authentically you. And, yeah. And you know that that was a big one for me where I was like, oh, I'm not trying to you know I'm not gonna sit myself down and like force this these drums or this melody to work in this track. I'm just like fuck it, I'm bouncing it and then bring it back six months later. Dude, that is one of the best pieces of advice I've heard yet, honestly. Oh, good. Yeah, no, it, it was like mind-blowing for me. I was like, oh, I can do that? That's like, like <laughs> that's like the graveyard, but you visit the graveyard frequently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Great yeah. idea, because you released, I saw you actually, you've released sample packs. Yeah, I have one. I'm actually, I'm actually building another one right now, just because I have so many. I was like, I might as well do this with some side bread anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it's like, you can, it's just a bunch of, ideas that were good but just didn't work at the time and um you know now they're good song starters or you know just can help finish up a track of course you got a lot of samples that you use too mm -hmm. that yeah. i love yeah so you, you just go for it or how do you get those babies cleared um it depends the so a lot of the pretty much all the stuff that's on soundcloud is like cannot clear the samples um, <laughs> yeah, um and it sucks because i know SoundCloud is dying and i'm like dude it's killed itself yeah it just imploded and I'm, to this day, I'm going to be a SoundCloud stand. Same. Die. I'm right there with you. Um, so a little part of me is kind of sad. But <laughs> yeah, it, it all depends if, you know, if I, I can have management deal with it, which yeah. is nice at this point. <laughs> but um, yeah, some, and I definitely don't recommend this at all. It, when I was definitely like starting, I didn't give a shit. I was like, oh, and I mean, the music has like 300 plays now. And, you know, some yeah. crazy record label is not going to snipe you for it or anything right like right right definitely don't recommend doing that but i definitely did it for a while and now <laughs> now i do like the path of re-recording vocals or you know whatever but um yeah it was definitely a little out outlawish yeah in the day. <laughs> you're a badass yeah watch don't out don't tell them <laughs> yeah like warner brothers about that but <laughs> warner bro seriously i remember the first time i got a strike on soundcloud like knew about the strikes but i was like fearless yeah, and, no, and then you're like, the whole world gets crushed. I'm like, oh god. You go through, oh my god, there's a, a Rihanna, like a Rihanna vocal for two seconds in this one track. Oh, Wait, yeah, you know, it's like, no, yeah, no. I literally, I had a main page that I still use, kind of like for releasing it, and I was releasing my podcast episodes yeah. on there. I got two strikes, like right after another eight months after I had released these. Like I literally did um, my favorite rap songs of uh, the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Eight months later, it was both Kanye West songs. That's probably I did not vote for you, Kanye West, <laughs> by the way. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Love you. Love love that you love Chicago, but yeah. come on, man. Um, watch, he's going to find this video. Yeah. No, he's the type of guy that would. Yeah. <laughs> man, that guy Sherman the Booth is fucked. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway, I'm off my high horse here. But they, it happened right away, and I had to make a new SoundCloud page. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it's crazy because in 2017, when you were releasing a lot of these tracks, on SoundCloud, 90s Baby, and Yella, you know, that found a lot of traction. Mm -hmm. That's when SoundCloud was almost like, it was it was limitless. Yeah, absolutely. It had such a bright future. Yeah, 2018, 2019, rolls around. 
can't do DJ mixes on there anymore. Mm-hmm. People are getting strikes. Yeah, it's crazy. They're changing all their shit now, right? And now Spotify's the main medium for artists. Yeah, that, that's a, I didn't talk about this when we were talking about the label, but another thing was like I definitely don't have a good like a big enough presence on Spotify. And it's tough. You have to put stuff on. on it's a, a social label. media platform, if you ask me, man. It kind of is. You know, it, it, there's so many weird moving parts to it. it yeah, it's tough. it really is. It really is. It's you, tough. And it's like it's the main consumer market, right? It's it's how music listeners listen to music. Of course, Absolutely. Apple is. I think it's fifty million to two hundred fifty million. Apple to Spotify. Yeah. YouTube is the biggest social media market, though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You and that I know is, that, yeah, right? Absolutely. And it's substantially bigger than everything else. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, Spotify is how a lot of uh, promoters and agents and everybody, right? Like they check right. your Instagram and they check your Spotify. Yep. Yeah. Right. And both have their own fucking ploys behind them. Man. I know it's, it's ridiculous. Crazy. Getting on playlists, getting verified, like all this stuff, right? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I mean, I. I miss the days where I'd finish a song, upload it on SoundCloud, you know, I'd have 20,000 plays yep. um, after two weeks. Yep. And now it's like, I have this awesome idea. If I'm, you know, if I'm not paying $1,000 for promo, <laughs> it's going to get 30 listens. Literally. Like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> we put our heart and soul into this shit. Yeah, I know. It's And the man takes it away from us. Yeah. It, it, it sucks. But, you know, you, you figure out what you can, you do it, or you don't. And, um, yeah. I don't know. There, I, that's why I'm, I'm interested to see where, you know, if anything overtakes Spotify, if there's any other good lanes. Um, if you know, please tell me. I will. <laughs> I got you. Got <laughs> I got you, bro. Um, you know, of course, this has been a, a tough year for the music industry. Yeah. Uh, everybody's been put on the bench. That's kind of how I've been thinking about it, right? Um, but in my opinion, there is a coach that's watching who's working in the off season. Mm-hmm. How have you been keeping busy? How have you been staying creative without knowing your music, which is which is best enjoyed, I'm sure you would agree, on a speaker system, on live shows? Um, you know, it's it's weird. I hated the idea of not, you know, being able to listen to it on big systems and stuff like that. Yeah. And I just, I said, fuck it. I have my headphones. I, so I live, I have roommates. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't use like my monitors or anything like that. Are you do this all on your headphones? All on my headphones. And I, then I go test it in my mom's like minivan. <laughs> That's it. Like there's no there's no thousand dollar studios that I go to. I have my like ATX like fifties that yeah. I had for ten years. Uh-huh. Um and I just crank it out in there. And you know, it, it does it I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It is very, you know depressing it sometimes even. It's like damn like and it, it's it's hard to stay creative when all you do is just have your headphones off for eight hours a day. Your ears get fatigued. You're tired yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, then, you know, when once I hit that point where I was like, shit, this sucks. Take a three day break and I try it again on the next, you know, when yeah. I can. And it's just, you know, I I'm I'm trying really hard to get into good habits. So after quarantine's over, I'll still have good creative habits. Yeah. Because now is the best. Now is the best time just to. to do it all and you know fail a bunch and, and stuff because no yeah. one, no one's watching you know you just figure it out and then so hopefully when quarantine is over you know it'd come out a million times better as a producer and just like as a creative artist i guess yeah no i love that i mean you gotta keep pushing on yeah you have to keep trying to yeah you know i guess challenging yourself yeah and, you know it's funny too i am the idea of working out pains me <laughs> but so like in quarantine i've just been working out a bunch and i didn't realize like how much that just helped a just like my mental state in general but yeah creatively it definitely helps um you know i'll be out in a run listening to like a mix and i'm like oh this is sick i a little idea will pop up and then i'll come home from my run and just sit in you know fell studio for an hour and i'm like oh cool that's a, an idea for the day dude that's when i feel most inspired too mm-hmm. that's why i'm really sad about winter i love running over here in grand park next to the yeah, lake just yeah, going on a run listen to a mix yeah, <laughs> I, I just come back and I'm like, you feel refreshed. There is something just about that, that natural energy. Absolutely. Yeah, that I had, I got my first runners out high recently, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. I want to keep doing this. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I mean, it's like we talked about. You and I both have day jobs to start early, so we're used to running on fucking caffeine, dude. Oh yeah, I'm still cripplingly addicted to caffeine. Cripplingly, like yeah, it's all different types of caffeine. I'm like, 
coffee in the morning, but if I drink a vitamin water, energy in the afternoon is not the same. No, it's it's so bad. I have to I have to cut myself off at like one thirty because I'll stay up all night. Yeah, and I'm the kind of person where I will have like a whole pot just in the morning while I'm just like going through my Outlook emails, and then I'm like, why am I having a panic attack at eleven yeah, in the morning? It's like, oh, <laughs> it's like shit. You're probably fucking. Like, sometimes I drink too much coffee more, I just start sweating. I'm like, you know what? I'm at home. I'm taking my fucking shirt off. I'm opening the <laughs> door. You're in your apartment, like, Jesus, I'm yeah, I know. I'm walking <laughs> around. I'm like standing on my balcony with no shirt. I'm like, God damn. This is this meth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Caffeine is intense. It is a drug. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we share that. <laughs> well, it's, it's, been, it's been awesome to see how much success you've had this year, man, and not hearing your journey all the way through today. No surprises, man. You're someone that is grinded, and you're someone that really is, is making this industry what it should be, and that's filled with Thank people you. who love it for the right reasons. Yeah, I think, you know, um, that's why it's funny we haven't met before, because all of our mutuals are the same way. Like, yeah. And now talking to you for, you know, an hour and a half, I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, you're about it too, you know? Dude, I'm about it, bro. Yeah, and uh, it's important, you know, I appreciate that kind of thing. No, this has been such a pleasure, and again, like, I'm a huge fan. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. And my favorite part about this podcast is that I get to hang out with people that I admire. Yeah, absolutely. And I got mad respect for you, bro. Thank you. Keep doing your thing. Um, do we have anything else coming up that we can that I can know about? Maybe you can tell me off camera or um, anything you can tell the people. Yeah, so I have a song. I have a new single coming out next month. Uh, I don't have the actual date, but it's going to be probably late September. On Sign Clash, November. Yeah. Oh, did I, did I say this? I know. It, I don't know if it's September or October. Or I, I, you know, it's twenty forty right now. You know, it's funny. Know. We could have said September, and I would have been like, yeah, yeah it's September. Oh yeah, right. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, late no, late November. I definitely have a, a single coming out. Yeah, just a solo one that I'm pretty stoked on. Um, that's about it. Uh, don't haven't really like live streams, but I'm sure they'll pop up every now and then. Uh, yeah, no, just taking it easy. CLB, keep making music, bro. Thank you. I appreciate that. This, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. This is amazing, by the way. You, you're in the booth. I'm in the booth. You got the succulents, got the white gloves. Yeah. What more? What more? Gonna Thanks for complimenting my succulent. <laughs> <laughs> that really means a lot. I think I'm gonna go with ready, Henrietta. That's pretty. I could see it. Oh, it's absolutely. a girl. Yeah. And I think the the case, the, the vase, says mm-hmm. a lot about it. Yeah. It's, it's obviously a suburban succulent with these basic ass design here. <laughs> Henrietta, you know, grandma succulent. She's doing great. She's love great. you, Henrietta. I'm so glad you could be part of this interview today. Absolutely. Do you have any questions? <laughs> I can't ask him that. <laughs> it's a PG show. It's a PG show. All right, my man. Thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> it, brother. Really. I appreciate it.